Welcome to Cybersecurity Unplugged, the cyber theory podcast where we explore issues that matter in the world of cybersecurity. Good day, everyone. I'm Steve King, the Managing Director at Cyber Theory. Today's episode is going to examine the current state of cybersecurity readiness in the wake of the colonial pipeline attack and how another approach, one that works like a vaccination, might make the most sense. Joining me today is Tal Collender, the CEO and CISO and co-founder of Gitbull, a company whose product monitors and remediates risks caused by misconfigurations. Gitpull changes the way organizations protect themselves by seeing their network through the eyes of a hacker. And Tal started her career as a teenage hacker who was later recruited to the IT Corp Cybersecurity Systems Division, where she served as a cyber specialist in the IDF. After a couple of stints as CISO, Tal served more than five years as the CISO and security architect for Dell Computers. So welcome, Tal. I'm glad you could join me today. Thank you very much for having me. Sure. I understand you also were going to be a fighter pilot when you were contemplating the idea, your service in the Well, I wanted, <laughs> um, but after a few months, I dropped. And in the Army, they don't really ask you. So they, don't, they didn't ask me where I want to go um, after I, um, they dropped me. So they said, okay, you will go to the computer unit um, since you have like a background. But usually they don't do it at all. But they kind I don't know, it was kind of a favor. Yeah, well, it turns out it's a welcome twist of fate, I guess, right? Otherwise, you might be doing something entirely different. Yeah. <laughs> you also likely have some observations and, and reactions of the colonial pipeline attack back on May 7th. Does that event spotlight a horrific lack of preparedness in our global critical infrastructure? And if so, what is your estimation that can and should be done about it? So... As we can see, the May 7th attack is one of many uh, attacks happened recently. Um, we all know the solar winds, the exchange, or um, an other famous attack uh, that we just hear about. But there are thousands or tens of thousands of attacks that we don't even know about because the issue is that Today, the attacks, they become way more sophisticated rather than what we used to know, rather than once it was like uh, some virus in a file or some malicious email that you've got and you just need to click on it. The thing is that you need to understand the risks today and to measure them correctly, because today we have so many things to deal with, so many risks to take into consolidation that we really need to prioritize. And unfortunately, not everything today is wrapped into one product that takes it all. So I do think that CISOs and CIOs, they need to take into consideration the fact that they know the risks and they work closely with a database or at least with some trusted advisors that will let them know what they need to do. And with a very, very, very strong team or at least products that will do the job for them. Yeah, the threats are definitely more sophisticated, but it seems also that our attack surfaces are more complicated uh, as well, and that's got to be contributing. Gitpol is an interesting company. You guys have been asked by Checkpoint to become a detection and auto remediation solution for misconfigurations. 
to me, that's a big deal. Can you tell us a little bit about how Gitpole works and your relationship with Checkpoint? Yes. So our motto is think like a hacker. The reason why we think like hackers is we are a group of hackers. We know exactly what they do, how they think. They know what, uh, how they move laterally in the network. And our approach is to uh, detect them or to detect the misconfiguration that we know that hackers use and to stop it even before they will even think about open it. So we stop everything up front because we don't want anyone to move laterally or to gain control over our computer, server, any kind of uh, network resource uh, because it is super important. When Checkpoint found us, they were amazed to see that our product, I mean, everyone thinks that they are super protected um, and complied. And when they implemented the product, they finally saw that everything is like open. And when they understand that EDR is not enough, as the other, uh, the other uh, uh, customers of ours as well, as well, they understand that EDRs today are not enough because they know that Microsoft got hacked, Cisco, of course, SolarWinds, and other uh, important vendors that they are all security vendors. So if they got hacked, they sure have EDR. So what else? I mean, what else do I need to do in order to protect my resources? And that is where misconfiguration is taking place. Today, we find misconfiguration more and more in the cloud because we hear about solutions like CWPP or CSPM and other um, other solutions. But still, the endpoint is lack of solution like that of misconfiguration. And unfortunately, most of the endpoints today, they play a major part. And that is what we defined endpoint as entry point for attackers. The misconfiguration problem has has led to a lot of serious breaches. You know, that Capital One breach seems to me to be the most prevalent in that regard. Tell us how big the misconfiguration problem is these days and and why it continues to to happen, given that everybody, well, given that it has so much visibility in terms of its uh, capacity for cyber attack. So from what... We say, we, it means Gitpol, we say that misconfiguration is the number one pain attack ve- vector. But um, according uh, to Dark Reading and RSM, they both had their research. They published that around 40% of all successful attacks are due to misconfiguration. Uh, but again, we do believe that it is not 40%. We believe it is much higher. Just to give you an example, the SolarWinds attack was a very famous attack and also Capital One and other big firms. And just for you to know that the solar wind attack can could be prevented if there was some misconfiguration disabled on the server, on, on the solar wind uh, main server. So everything could have been remediated or not even initiated only if the misconfiguration was closed from the beginning. Yeah. I'm sure that's true. Is it happen because we're under-resourced? Does it happen be, for the same reason that we, the rest of our hygienics are bad, uh, that we don't seem to be able to you know, get to the foundational issues and address them? I do think that um, marketing 
is the new name, is the new brand. Like if you market your product, as more you, you market your product, so you get more hits, you get more leads, you get more buyers. Gitpol, we do have many, many customers um, and we are not like all over, all over the, the rainbow uh, yet. And the awareness of misconfigurations is now uh, mainly focused in the cloud. But I can tell you that, again, most of the uh, breaches, although a cloud is, um, is a huge attack vector, most of the breaches, most of them, they begin on the endpoint. So yet, we don't really care about so how many, uh, I mean, people buy and buy product because other um, customers buy them. And, you know, you have, oh, my partner has this, so maybe I should buy it as well. But sometimes there is no any legit or any, any reason behind it uh, just because someone told you to. And um, the awareness of misconfiguration, so it is starting to be more and more popular. So like it moves from the cloud to the endpoint. And again, I mean, every time when we go and uh, deploy Gitpol on some site, on some organization, then we see immediately uh, shocking faces all over the, 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 the people that are in there. I mean, from the security, from the IT, and from even different departments that sometimes just, you know, um, are there to take a look. Yeah, <laughs> right. So... Tell me, Tal, as a former hacker, can you share some insights that you might have as to the nature and personality of uh, cyber criminals and how their minds are wired? Yeah, so the hackers today, you have two main types of hackers. And two of them are bad, okay? Uh, both of them, both of the types. So the first type is the criminals that, uh, you know, they try to make money fast. And uh, the second type, is the geopolitical hackers, you know, like countries. And I, the, they are backed by their uh, governments. Um, we all know which countries the, the, the hackers are coming from. Like SolarWinds and the exchange attacks, they weren't like just like that, okay? It wasn't like kind of a zero day. It was something very, very unique and very, very um, smart. Uh, so only a government can afford it. and. They want, the, the first hackers, they really want to make a quick money, okay? They really want to make it as fast as possible. I mean, so today we all use some, you know, the, the cryptocurrency. We all use um, uh, the, some, some kind of these coins to, to get our money, to get paid if we hack somewhere. So you need to think that if someone is, if we take it to the physical world, but if someone is trying to enter your house, I mean... It's okay that you have a door. It's okay that you have uh, heavy locks. But, you know, when you leave the door open, it doesn't really matter, I mean, if you have heavy locks. So it's pretty much the same in cyber. I mean, well, it's not that everyone leaves their door open, but it's so easy. If it's not the door, so it's the window. If it is not the, the window, then it is the um, um, balcony door or whatever. But again, there is a simple way for hackers to get into the computer or wherever they need, if they really, if they are doing a, a good job um, in order to, to take control and to get, at the end of the day, a good money. Yeah. Uh, is the solution to uh, uh, shut down the whole cryptocurrency uh, movement? Because that seems to be the easiest way, the only way, maybe, that uh, bad guys can launder the ransomware fees? 
Exactly. And, but, but I don't know if you know, but uh, China, they have like 80 something percent of all of this cryptocurrency of all of the Bitcoin in the world, I think. It's like they have the most. So, um, and they need to stop it first or to do something about it. Yeah. Why am I not surprised? Um, <laughs> so, so back to Gitpull, you've described a little bit about how your product overcomes the EDR vulnerabilities, I guess. But you know, it looks to me like there. This is a market that says, you know, we should have us one XDR product that integrates all of this functionality into a single platform. Does that make sense to you, or or no? That is something that totally makes sense uh, to me. I really like the concept that everything will be under the same umbrella when everything is monitored via the same UI. I mean, no need to open like thousands of UIs. I mean, this monitors that and this monitor that. I mean, you need to focus and, you know, you have your team and it is a limited team. You need to tell them to do something, but you need to tell them to do something right. They cannot chase after their tail all day long. They need to be focused on, on a mission. And when you have EDR, DLP, firewall, Gitpol, and if you have so many agents and of course cloud uh, um, tools and, and other agents on the device, so it's like you can't see the forest from trees because you have so many things you don't know what to focus on. And sometimes you are focusing on the um, not on the uh, majority thing. I mean, you are focusing on on small some small details that you can really um, leave it. Or I mean, if there was a product that do it all. I mean, it was, for me, it was the, the, the most common thing to do, again, in, in, in my idea. But you need to understand that EDR, we complement EDR. And the reason why we complement EDR is that EDR, they are focusing on malware's real-time attacks. They do see from some, like, a very, very, um, let's say, the next generation of the antivirus. Uh, like antivirus on steroids with, of course, malwares and other things that they can, they can do. But they don't preempt. So uh, now EDRs are moving into the vulnerability assessment uh, approach, okay, which is another field that I do think that they need to take. So let's call the Quali, Stenabel, Rapid7, and other, uh, um, other VA products that they really need to do something about it and maybe they need to develop the, their own EDR because um, it seems like they are going to be in minority. This is something, and also about the VA, we also complement VAs because they deal with patching, patching, patching. But even if you are patched, you can still be misconfigured. So we know that misconfiguration is, is there and will always be there because it's okay to have an EDR and VA and other 10 agents. But at the end of the day, if you leave your door open, then it doesn't really matter what kind of new locks you buy. The fact that your door, door is open is there and I can do whatever I want because of that. Yeah, well, the human factor is, is, continues to be central to, to most of these successful breaches. And it seems to me that we're well overdue for an application of artificial intelligence to to apply to the configuration issue and make that somehow go away. And maybe that's too simplistic. I don't know. So <laughs> final question, Tal. Tell our listeners yes. about the concept, your concept of a digital vaccine 
and how this recent pandemic of ransomware attacks can be treated in the same way we vaccinate in the physical world. The way we treat the virtual world is the same like we treat the COVID in in the COVID in our physical world. And well, dealing with COVID is kind of a new disease and um, new old disease. I mean, um, the new vaccine kind of proved to the world that it works. And it just proved the world that your woman, your your so your body is not. I mean, no matter if you're a woman or a man, I mean, um, uh, it doesn't really matter who you are. I mean, your body should be vaccinated. It's either you get it and then you are not, well, you are vaccinated at some at some point or either you, you take the vaccine and then uh, you are more protected. So if we take the, the physical world and try to compare it or to, to take it to the virtual world, then we understand that again, computers, devices, our cloud resources, our uh, on-premises infrastructure. It is, again, it is not secure. So people think that they have their um, antibiotics uh, antibiotics of of any vaccine, or sorry, of any any disease, so they can deal with everything because they think that if if they have EDR, if they have vulnerability assessment, and if they have DLP, for example, so they are well protected. I mean, Nothing, I mean, nothing will hurt us, but it's not true. In reality, we know that if you do not use the the correct tools of, if you do not take the vaccine, you are in danger to get a a COVID-19. And if you do not use misconfiguration tool, you are in some at risk in order to have some hack. And hack can be, of course, ransom, can be some kind of very, very sophisticated that your organization can be compromised but by some, I don't know, um, innocent email or clicking on some device. Or I don't know, even if you are on your home Wi-Fi and you make some mistakes, and even if it's not in your computer, but it's in your other family member's computer, then it affects you because you are in the same network. And if you are not protected, if you are not vaccinated, then most probably that you are at a, of course, you are in a, in a bigger risk rather than people that already have the help to protect against misconfiguration. Yeah. Gitpol sounds like a, sort of the a silver bullet for a lot of, as you point out, a lot of the threat vectors. Tell me just a bit about, as long as we've got another couple of minutes here, a bit about your relationship with Checkpoint. Are you guys, is your solution now embedded in the Checkpoint stack or are you an acquisition candidate or are you a partner? Or how, how does that all work? Checkpoint is, is a family for us. They really love our product. They use it every day. They rely on, on, on its findings and they have daily meetings about the findings. So Checkpoint uh, met us in uh, CPX and they saw the product and they were amazed. And then even the incidents response team took our product as part of the next, uh, um, of, as part of their assessment to other organizations. We are a partner uh, a partner of Checkpoint. And so they use it both internally and they even take it and um, outsource uh, Gitpol in an incredible way. And we really, really love it. 
Great. And congratulations for that. That's quite an accomplishment. So best of luck. Thank uh, you very much. Best, best of luck in the future. And we're out of time today. I do want to thank our guest, uh, Tal Collender, again, for taking time out of your crazy schedule to join me in what I thought was a pretty cool exchange. Thank you, Tal. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And um, thank you very much for your time. Sure. And thank you to our listeners for joining us in another episode of Cyber Theory's exploration into the complex world of cybersecurity, technology, and digital realities. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve King, signing out. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cybersecurity Unplugged. You can connect with us on LinkedIn or Facebook at Cyber Theory, or send us an email at social at cybertheory.io. For more information about the podcast, visit cybertheory.io forward slash podcast. Until next week, thanks again.